0: anymore we we gonna relearn how to podcast yeah what
1: what is this what even is
0: hi everyone and welcome to the cutaways podcast i'm ashley with a migraine how are you
1: (laughs) i'm good and i'm also justine
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was more for the listeners but you can take it too
1: yeah sure (laughs) hi ashley's got a migraine again and we're watching a shitty movie again or we watched it sorry Past, yeah, tense. Past, past tense past tense what,
0: what oh yeah what do we do what do we do on this podcast let me see let's rack my migrainey brain <laughs> <laughs>
1: what the fuck are we even doing here
0: while we do these ramblings we also watch romantic comedies for like kind of a living i guess but not really this is like our side hustle is that what they side call it Side hustle. we have just
1: been doing it forever too yeah do you we're going to start season five this summer of The Cutaways.
0: What? Who knew? I didn't even know we were on season four. I thought we were still <laughs> on season three. We have had four seasons. What the fuck are we doing with our lives? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did we watch This is what yesterday? we're doing with our
1: lives. <laughs> we watched uh, a Gili. You know, I think this was like Fifty Shades level before there was Fifty Shades. You know, but not like the obsessiveness of it, but like the people are like, "Oh God, you're watching that!" Like that feeling. That's valid.
0: We're watching.
1: We watched. We. What did we do? We watched Geely. Were <laughs> you were there? You watched it. <laughs> did I? You texted me the whole time you're watching it. I. It was alive play-by-play, which is, you know, exactly what this podcast is, which is why we're doing this, because, yes. Anyway, (laughs) no, like, well, what do you think about that? Like, the whole, like, kind of Fifty Shades comparison of that level of torture? Well, okay, so I had
0: very little frame of reference with this movie. I knew it was bad, and Mm -hmm. I knew I had never seen it, and I knew that it was, like, the beginning of Benefer. But that's like literally all I knew going into it.
1: I don't know anything about Beneflix Love Life. I love that
0: that's his name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do know that he got a ton of shit for making this movie.
0: It's literally just chasing Amy like all over again.
1: (laughs) Which is weird as like why Kevin Smith like makes fun of Ben Affleck for making this movie. Like if they're getting into like a fight or whatever, like all Kevin Smith has to do is be like Geely, and be like, okay, stop. And it's like, yeah, Kevin Smith, you already made this.
0: <laughs> Compared to this movie, Chasing Amy, like, should win an Oscar. Like if it's it's Chasing Amy, that's true. Amy versus Geely, Chasing Amy wins hands yes. down. <laughs>
1: One hundred percent. I th- what do you think? Just Ben Affleck loves being in movies where he can be like, "Yeah, my dick is awesome." When I'm he from can-
0: Boston. <laughs> oh my God, his Jersey accent! What was that? What was-, was that?
1: I don't. I don't. His. Okay, we're already getting into it. Yeah. His acting was terrible.
0: Everyone's terrible. acting was terrible. I mean, the only one who was, like, decent was the one who was the most offensive. Which one was that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you see me just, like... <laughs> yeah, being confused on which person <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> about. Yes. Yeah. Justin,
1: Justin Barthra. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, Lady Kazan wasn't that bad, right? I don't even remember... She played the mom. Oh. You saw her thong. (laughs) Yeah.
0: She had like such a small piece of it that it's like, yeah, yeah, she was, she had still very little to do and she got to kiss (laughs) J-Lo. Yeah. That's about it. And cool, but also very forgettable. Like
1: most of this movie yeah oh yeah so forgettable okay we're, we're like getting way ahead of ourselves yeah sorry uh, let's go over all the information that I dug up on IMDb yes. about what this movie is about please, okay please here's do. the description Larry Gilly is assigned by a crime boss to kidnap the brother of a prominent district attorney a beautiful woman known only as Ricky is sent to stay with him to make sure he doesn't mess up the job this is also my first time reading <laughs> I mean sure. Eh. Yeah.
0: It's uh But that's literally all that happens. That describes the movie, the two hour movie. That happens two in the t- first fifteen minutes. Yeah, but that's literally all that like the entire movie is just that. Mm. There is mm. nothing else of substance in that two hours. Okay. Okay. Like,
1: we're done. We can
0: go home. Like <laughs> God, fuck this movie.
1: This movie stars Ben Affleck, who we have previously watched in Chasing Amy and Shakespeare in Love, <laughs> Suffering Cats. <laughs> Still
0: my favorite.
1: Mm-hmm. This movie also stars Jennifer Lopez and Justin Bartha, and this movie was directed by Martin Brest, and this is the last movie he ever directed because it broke him.
0: <laughs> it's the last movie he ever did, like in general. I don't think he's written yeah. anything since either. No.
1: He just checked himself in (laughs) to a place, a safe space, away from this world where this movie exists, and we've never heard from him again. True story, (laughs) Now, This movie had two editors, Julie Monroe and Billy Weber. Rounding out the editorial department, we have Tristan M. Brighty as the first assistant editor, a team of assistant editors, Charles Bunn, Alyssa Cohen, Jonathan Poirier, Richard B. Molina was the assistant editor for Avid. And the apprentice editor was Carlos M. Castillon. And the post-production assistant was Guillermo Cular.
0: That's awesome. Props to you. Snaps to you. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also did not rehearse. <laughs> That's a lot of assistance. It is a lot of assistance for a film that... It is only two hours and one minute. I don't know what they were doing. There wasn't any sort of uh, special.
0: Well, I have a feeling Tristan was since Tristan was the only first assistant that the other assistants were split mm-hmm. between the two editors.
1: They also have worked together previously. A bunch of them on Miss Congeniality. So it's like the Miss Congeniality crew came over and did this one.
0: Also, a much better movie. Yes. I'm sorry for your career, guys.
1: I think Martin Brest also was not the only person who couldn't recover of having this on their resume. Like a bunch of those people have like gap years after this before they could start working again.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sorry for that dark time. Solidarity, brothers and sisters, because fuck. <laughs>
1: yeah. This movie is rated R for sexual content, pervasive language, and brief strong violence. Bringing in a fun trivia fact already, the word fuck is used 124 times in this movie. Deadpool did it better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is (laughs) pre-Deadpool. So some data on how much people hate this movie. It is a 2.4 out of 10 IMDb rating and an 18 out of 100 Metascore. That seems very high. It is number 19 on IMDb's lowest rated movies. That also seems like there are 19 movies worse
0: than this? Yes. Well, Hmm. 18, technically, but yes. I'm gonna have to peruse that list a bit.
1: (laughs) Well, um, going now to talk about the awards that this movie has received, it is a champion of the Razzies.
0: It's a record breaker of the Razzies, right? (laughs)
1: It certainly is, (laughs) it's gonna take a while. Well, starting out in the 2004 nominations for the Razzies, let's start there. Everybody, (laughs) Al Pacino and Christopher Walken were nominated for Worst Supporting Actors and Lainey Kazan was nominated for Worst Supporting Actress. And then the winners, this uh, one, Worst Screenplay and Worst Director both for Martin Bress. This one, Worst Screen Couple for Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who were a real couple at the time, yes. Uh, Worst Actress, Jennifer Lopez. Worst Actor, Ben Affleck, who was also at the same time nominated for multiple Razzies in this category for Daredevil and Paycheck. Ben
0: Affleck, why?
1: And there's a little subnote here that says, Larry King presented Ben Affleck with this award... On the March 16, 2004 episode of his show, after Razzie founder John Wilson personally brought the award to the CNN studio, Affleck jokingly referred to the trophy as a little cheap before proceeding to break it. Three days later, Wilson then put the trophy pieces up for auction on eBay. The broken trophy (laughs) sold for $1,375 $1,375 and covered the hall rental costs of the following year's Razzie Awards ceremony.
0: <laughs> Which is probably more money than this movie actually made.
1: Yeah, they were at a loss because the contract on just hiring Ben Affleck and Jennifer and Lopez yeah, was way more than what they made back. To finish out, this uh, did win Worst Picture at the 2004 Razzie Awards. So... It, it won all the top billing. You know how like in the Oscars when you're like, oh my God, this one movie was so amazing. It won the sweep of all the best categories. This movie did this, but at the Razzies. But that's not the end of our tale. <laughs> no. In 2005 at the Razzie Awards, <laughs> this film won worst comedy of our first 25 years, the Razzies. God bless
0: the Razzies.
1: And then again, At the 2010 Razzie Awards, it was nominated for Worst Actress of the Decade, Jennifer Lopez for This and Angel Eyes and Enough and Jersey Girl and Made in Manhattan and Monster in Law and The Wedding Planner. Nice. And Ben Affleck was nominated for Worst Actor of the Decade for This and Daredevil and Jersey Girl and Paycheck and Pearl Harbor and Surviving Christmas. And the movie was nominated for worst picture of the decade. I don't know who won. It wasn't the worst. Uh, I mean, it's only the 19th worst. And so there. Apparently, there's more bad movies. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's bad. It's bad. Okay, now we can get into it. Ashley, you can spill all your guts on your feels. Okay, first of all, his name was Geely the entire
0: <laughs> time. I have known of this movie. I thought it was a movie name. about no. Jennifer Lopez, like being like a singer or something, and her name was Gili, and then like Ben Affleck was the sleazy agent guy who's like trying to steal her stardom. Like, that's a much better movie in my head than what Isn't this that brought. Is a, a Star is Born? <laughs> no, he's not an agent in A Star is Born. Right, right. I was fudging a little. It's close. Close. But, like, she could change his sleazy agent ways and, like, Mm. it'd be, like, a better Jerry Maguire. Ooh.
1: Ooh. I
0: like that. Because especially right now, I don't know if you've heard, but Mm. the writers have just said, fuck you to all their
1: agents. I know that was brewing for a long time coming. I keep seeing on posts on social media about how the agents just keep on fucking over like everybody. Yeah. Not just writers but actors too. Anybody who like finds their own projects but still their agents are collecting finders fees and all those development fees. Well that and then
0: on top of it the whole the whole thing that's pissed off the writers right now is um, packaging fees. Mm. So they're charging the studios a packaging fee and it mm-hmm. ends up being like 10% of the gross budget of the entire show. So even if they're those people leave, mm-hmm. they still get a percentage off of the entire run of the show. So yeah. like they were saying for Supernatural on Twitter, they were like it they made like six million dollars off of Supernatural just on the front end but on the back end they've made like the agencies themselves have made like 27,000 or 27 million dollars just off of that one show. So think about how much money they're pulling in and pulling out of these productions. So when you mm-hmm. think of productions like it takes a lot of money to to run a show. So if you've noticed like shows have become more and more kind of set looking and it's because all this money is being pulled out of these shows. Because of these packaging fees, and it's become a huge thing. Um, so last night, the agents actually, or the WGA, didn't come to an agreement with the um, the agencies for them to write a new code of conduct to get rid of these, ag- these uh, packaging fees. Because it's basically saying that even though the whole point of having an agent is to have somebody to advocate for you, Mm-hmm. But now they're advocating for themselves. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been like that for a while I've
0: read. Yeah, for at least 20 years. So yeah. it's pulled money out of these productions and so it's may it's driven just writers. Like think about how it's done it's stagnated wages for for editors, for directors, for actors, for everybody because the money is all going to the agencies who basically do nothing. Like <laughs> I've gotten work without an agent, and and a lot of people get work without their agents finding it for them, but then they have to pay their agents 10% of their gross wages for the year. It's not just, oh, yeah, you get 10% of my paycheck because I have a job. No, it's anything you do.
1: Oh, no, and like I said, they also would still, like, once the actor or someone goes to the studio then the agent contacts them be like oh yes you have our person here's all of our fees including the finder's fee and development fee and it's just like even if that didn't even happen at all unbeknownst to the talent. Yeah yeah
0: like it's all happening behind closed doors a lot so that's what I always thought this movie was about like I just thought it was going to be an even worse version of Jerry Maguire
1: (laughs) (laughs) What I knew previously about this movie was that J Lo uh, was a lesbian and and Ben Affleck is still confused about that um, <laughs> in the movie? <laughs> Ten years later, he is still confused. <laughs> and I know I knew the, the the gobble gobble line that was so uncomfortable. I'm sorry, but that was really uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I was more uncomfortable when she was doing, like, the yoga and she was just like, my pussy. And I'm like, I, uh, and you know, I'm not, I'm like, I'm I'm normally, like, totally fine. But I'm like, even this is making me uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Just her whole entire brand was uncomfortable for me. I feel like I would have been uncomfortable then, too. Because. Yeah. uh, Why is he doing this to her? She said no. Like, why is she? Yes. Like, why? Well. (laughs)
1: Yes, that's a very good place to start, the whole, like, she said no, and still he persists, because as he tells her in the movie, like, come on, every girl, what lesbian or not, just wants a dick, <laughs> which is his argument. I have the bull. Here's the Take horn. Take my horn. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who says
0: that? Who uh. thinks that? Apparently, Martin Brest, but what the fuck?
1: But I mean, is it that or is it the worst part that was written that she actually comes around to being like, oh, well, you have changed my mind, maybe. (laughs) Well, that brings into the question
0: of is because back then we didn't really the idea of you're you're gay, you're straight or a lesbian kind like we, we put those people in those boxes. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, I think in like definitely in popular culture. Yeah. And there's a lot of like even like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where Willow going like, "Hello, I'm gay now." You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, there's there's problematic w- problems with that. But like we didn't we didn't have the language. Yes. I don't necessarily think it's so bad that she came around because maybe she was bi and she just didn't have the uh, the ability to describe it that way the problem that I have is the usage of it. Like there was some decent themes talking about toxic masculinity at some point. Like, and there were, there was this decent idea of, is he being so masculine or being like, so macho man, like putting on an act because he is, you know, not comfortable with that, with uh, his sensitivity. Or, or something that makes him seem more feminine or gay or whatever it is you want to put the label on it. For 2003, it would have been gay. So I liked that questioning aspect of it because I like the idea that sexuality is fluid and we we all can change and be like a river. Um, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but he's pursuing her regardless of what, her thoughts and views are. He's not attracted to her. He's tra- attracted to her body. He's not attracted yeah. to her as a person. He She is just a conquest to him. And I feel like in some way, that's kind of how J-Lo is also written, is like he's a mark. He's like someone that she has to control. And mm-hmm. the way that a woman controls is with her body.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does have that one speech that in the end of like the why I'm sad. And he does say that like, she is a pretty cool gal. This is probably when I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> it is very interesting that yeah. she she does the thing that you do, and sh- she goes, "Why are you so sad?" <laughs> she she sees this tough macho guy being all like, yeah, "I'm gonna," yeah, yeah. and she's like, "What what happened to you? Why trauma?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't really delve into that. He goes, I'm so sad because you're a lesbian and I can't be with you. And I'm like, no, you were a douche before you met her. (laughs) So like, there is, yeah, there is little glimpses, but it's, it misses so much.
0: Well, and I would be interested, honestly, I would be very interested to read like maybe the first couple of drafts of the script because I- Uh, You mean
1: before they forced it to be a rom-com?
0: Yeah, because I did- read about how the studio kind of stepped in and made a lot of these decisions that Martin Brest did not want to happen. I mean, I'm not saying that he is not at fault in this situation. I'm just saying that there are a lot of problems that may have been forced into this, but the basis Ben Affleck's character and Justin uh, Bartha's character is that they were like kind of always in the script. Mm. That way, at least that's what I've understood just from reading.
1: Huh. Well, okay. If
0: we had the these two, <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this because mostly because it's the other the other Brad, the Brangelina, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like we had a Mr. and Mrs. Smith hit hitman couple mm-hmm. go to therapy and mm. then make a movie. About their therapy sessions. I would love that. <laughs> That's so on brand for you. <laughs> Murder and therapy. My two. It's like crack. Okay, it's my crack.
1: Huh, okay. I feel like we're gonna get into it now, and it's just right off the bat gonna be like, what the fuck is this? Like, cause it's <laughs> offensive. Like, as soon as, it's, it's, yes, okay, so our guy, can, I'm just going to call him Larry, because Larry's more fun to say than Jili. okay? Well, especially
0: because he corrected, like, they made a point to correct the guy so that the audience knew how to pronounce the title. Like, that's so ridiculous.
1: Uh, yeah, it's pronounced Gigli, rhymes with really. Fuck off, dude. That's what you say. When somebody says that. Yeah. Okay. So, so we meet Larry, the mobster, um, as he has a guy tied up inside a very large dryer in a, a laundromat in LA. And he's trying to shake him down, threaten his life to get some money that his boss is owed by him. Apparently. Yeah. You know what I see about Larry? I see. <laughs> That, you know, he, he's this terrible quote unquote gangster, but I think like he's one of those guys in history who like started out as like maybe like a bouncer at a club and then like kept on like getting all these kind of odd jobs to like drive people or pick things up. And then just some one day he's a lackey <laughs> with no skills behind him whatsoever. Yeah. But he That's has, my backstory.
0: But but he has this sensitive heart of gold, sort of. I am like, does he? <laughs> well, I mean, you in, especially they they do bring that in a little early because he does instead of like what you expect a gangster to do is, oh, you don't have the money, so I am going to start the dryer. He doesn't do that. He's like, I've only got half of it, and he's like, oh, okay,
1: well we can work out an arrangement and a deal. Is he a gangster with a heart of gold or is he just dumb? Because <laughs> I feel See, like I they were know. going I feel like they were going for A, but the Ben Affleck's acting made me think B. <laughs> That's the hard part is like which which way do we go? Like,
0: do we <laughs> I don't know. Ben Affleck in this role was just a bad i idea. I understand that he was very hot at this moment and like yeah Armageddon and shit yeah like a very bankable star but he doesn't even look like 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 a gangster he doesn't no. look like a thug he doesn't look like a lackey he looks like a leading man so you don't cast the leading like this yeah. is a this is a role for Steve Buscemi ooh like that's who comes to mind in this
1: and Steve Buscemi can fuck you up.
0: Yeah, like a, a young Steve Buscemi. Like, I can see him being sensitive, but mm-hmm. also a little a little crazy.
1: Yeah, like reservoir dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Okay, so, yeah, he takes half the money and then gets in trouble with his mob boss, Louis, <laughs> who just stands outside, like, L.A. cafes on the phone all day. <laughs>
0: Like, how does he not get picked up by
1: the cops? <laughs> because he uses secret code. He's like, remember to bring the thing.
0: <laughs> I was never more happy to see a man die than when he got <laughs> shot in the head.
1: <laughs> uh, interesting choices.
0: I was just like, Al Pacino, why would you hire this man? Like
1: Everybody is just like, okay, why would Al Pacino hire Lewis? And then why would Lewis hire Ben Affleck? It's just like... Hmm. This this chain of command is, is all sorts of fun. You know no wonder. what? Jennifer Lopez should have been an undercover cop.
0: <gasps>
1: yes. She I'm sorry, she was kind of like the best thing in this movie. <laughs> she was, but it was also terrible. It was also terrible because of the things they had to like make her say, but still, I you had such like hope for her character she wasn't like this dud like all the others and the wide shot when they're walking into to Al Pacino's
0: like house where she walks down the stairs in those jeans her butt looked amazing
1: yeah they had her in some low rise in this whole thing so uh, Larry gets sent out for his next big job you know to redeem himself for his latest fuck up and
0: like why would they give him so many chances (laughs) I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> They're like, go and take this uh, prosecutor's brother.
0: This is a very important job that they should not have given no. to him.
1: And just, like, hang out with him. Sit sit with him for a while while, which, you know, as Al Pacino later on points out, was a stupid plan. So it's all Lewis's fault, really. Which is why he got shot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is why he got shot. <laughs> I love how Al Pacino just comes into the movie and it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Why is any of this happening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens when people don't give a fuck? <laughs> and in that moment we
1: were all Al Pacino. <laughs> yup. <Yeah.
0: laughs> yep. You you take it. <laughs> I was woefully unprepared for this. <laughs> Of course I watched this directly after a long day at work. That was my first mistake. I told you not to. I know you did. Huh. Okay. So all of a sudden, we're at this, like, school cafeteria-looking thing. So I thought, like, he was taking, like, a six-year-old brother. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe like, daddy just had, like, a secret kid. And, like, it's like a... a 45-year-old man with a 6-year-old brother. You know, it happens. It happens. It's weird, but it happens. And no.
1: This is a care facility. Yeah, this is
0: this is a mental care facility. And yeah, young young Justin Bartha of the movie where Nicolas Cage steals the 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 oh, Declaration
1: of Independence. National National treasure. Treasure.
0: He is a young young man with a number of guest diagnoses I don't I don't know he felt like where you throw like the number the number one mental illnesses in America like list and he was a combination of all of those
1: it felt like Martin Brest just watched like Rain Man and was like yes this character well apparently
0: Martin Brest he used to like work at a care facility oh like this and like that that's where he got the inspiration from
1: there was a lot of conflicting and, I don't know, just what we know about autism now is just like,
0: huh. He was definitely on the spectrum, but then he also had, like, verbal Tourette's.
1: Yeah. And then... That, that, can, pre- that can present in some, like, OCD-type scenarios.
0: Yeah, it just felt like there was a lot going on with him that it felt offensive in a way. Mm-hmm. I think that his performance was really good. If it had just stuck with autism, I don't think that it's necessary. I mean, we're coming from a place where we understand autism much better. And we have shows like Special and Atypical on Netflix that, you know, are either written by somebody with autism or acted by someone with autism. So those kind of soften and make it more realistic. But it just felt like he was just so many different extremes that it didn't feel It didn't sit right with me for Mm -hmm. a very long time. And then like the the sexual aspects of it that they added to him.
1: Yeah. But I think they were going for uh, a young man who is emotionally and developmentally stunted.
0: Well, later on, he says he has brain damage. So that's that's what makes me think, like, like there's just, it's just so many different things that it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't know what it is.
1: Okay. So his character's name is Brian. Essentially, Larry goes to kidnap him from the place. He's just like, let's go. Let's go back to my place. And he goes with them.
0: Which he walks in the front door.
1: Yeah. And there's no sort of like sign out or... Or security or... (laughs) No. Yeah. In the car... Uh, Brian really wants to go see The Baywatch, which is not the TV show. The place. It's The Place, according to Brian. And so Larry uses a flashlight, holds it up to his ear and calls it a walkie-talkie and tells Brian that The Baywatch is closed today and that they're going to go tomorrow.
0: (laughs) This is insulting. I'm sorry. Like, No matter what type of illness he has, he's not stupid. So why portray him as like it's just? I'm sorry, I'm very irritated.
1: Okay, so after all this, he gets him to his place. Uh, we have JLo enters the picture. Finally, she comes in. She says, "Hey, I'm new here. Can I use your phone?" Blah 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 blah. And of course, Larry's like, "Ooh, you so fine. You so fine. <laughs> you blow my mind. Oh, my mind. Hey him JLo. <laughs> hey 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 JLo. <laughs> in the movie canon." <laughs> one line that she had that uh, she was just like no i'll be in and out i'll just leave a faint scent and i'm like what? are you gonna like go into his apartment and fart what she's gonna rub her pussy on all of his furniture <laughs> Ew. she doesn't do that yet she does that later <laughs> and her name is ricky supposedly it's her not her real name she tells him this and and Ricky was sent by Lewis to co-handle the situation because nobody trusts Larry to do this job because come on which makes Larry very upset and says that he is the original gangsters gangster
0: <laughs> oh his whole it's not just that it's like a no. whole 3 Hitsy minute <laughs> long monologue it's like okay so i read a review about this and they called <laughs> it a movie made up of audition monologues, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it is! <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. That's like nailed it. Fucking nailed it.
1: <laughs> Which is why we're not doing a dramatic reading of no. this movie because it is all just monologues. And um, yeah. So like at this point, I'm like, "What a crybaby."
0: <laughs> well, at this point, I I was more just like, "Okay, but no." Thank you for playing, but I award you no points and may God have mercy on your fucking soul, bro, because
1: no. Well, and you know what makes Larry's character the worst? He doesn't own any books. Man does not read. This
0: was the only time that I laughed at something. (laughs) I don't have any books, so I'm going to read you the labels off of the things that I have around the house, which, you know, kind of a genius idea, kind of funny but also you don't even own like a magazine
1: no he said he only owned the phone
0: book you don't want a, a, a gangster magazine know. you don't want to learn you don't want to learn about your culture <laughs> yeah <laughs> what gangster doesn't have like a gangster friend to call to babysit your mark like why is that okay who th- who thought up this whole okay i can't martin
1: I I am Al Pacino right now. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Okay. So later that night, when it's getting time for bed, Larry invites Ricky to graciously sleep in his bed with him. He'll he'll share. He'll do that for her. But first, (laughs) but first he goes into the bathroom and acts like a complete fuck boy (laughs) is how I would describe
0: the scene. And then comes out in a lacy, or not a lacy, but in a satin robe.
1: <laughs> oh my god! But see, what he was doing in the bathroom was doing the, the like the the showing his muscles to himself, pumping him up, being like, I'm the bull, I'm the bull. <laughs> Here's my horn. <laughs> well, okay, we have to
0: explain because okay, yeah. at at dinner, there's a whole monologue about how J Lo is the cow, and Ben is the bull. Yeah, every relationship has got a bull and a cow. And he has I'm to scream it at her. It's not just that he tells her this. It's that he yells this in her face and she accepts that as a thing that it makes it okay for her to sleep in a bed with this man.
1: All right. So, well, this is the time when she comes out to him, when he takes off his 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 silk robe, gets into bed with her and just In is, his like, silk shorts, sidles up to her like all like Doing the like natural like stretch flex ah yes mmm bedtime how you like that <laughs> look <laughs> and at she's my just muscles like, she's like hey uh, so you're not my type and he's like what about me is not your type and she's like ah your penis and he's like but but uh, but. Why you not know, well, like my dick? You haven't even seen it. What's wrong with it? <laughs> like, that's like his vibe was immediately like, What did you see it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it peeked out of those satin shorts.
1: <laughs> like, oh no, I wasn't. It was cold.
0: <laughs> that's how the scene was played. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable.
1: Uh, and then okay, yeah, I don't even have any notes that will happen after that. It's just like next is next day. <laughs> Well, they they go to
0: sleep and he goes to sleep defeated or something like that. Yeah, sad, sad,
1: sad gangster.
0: Why did he take him to his apartment? Oh my god, I just thought of this. Why did he go to his apartment? That's like how they get, the cops can find you.
1: He's an idiot. This if this happened in reality. That would have been a cop at his door instead of Ricky because he went in there. He's just like, hi, my name's Larry Gigli. I'm going to kidnap this guy. Let's walk out the front door and go back to my place. <laughs> okay, so then the next day, Christopher Walken shows up. I don't know why. I couldn't, I don't know. He asked about Brian. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, I don't know either. And then so like Larry and Ricky learn which I thought I already knew that Brian was the brother of a federal prosecutor. And then they're like, oh no, what have we gotten ourselves into? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea what happened here. <laughs> Larry and Ricky steal a guy who
0: is a federal prosecutor's brother. <laughs> brother, And this is their stories of living in the same house together and then they do the thing where they like cross oh, arms
1: no, back to back, back, to back. <laughs> yeah. it's a sitcom <laughs> <laughs> yes let's talk to netflix on the phone get this glee made into a series
0: <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine so
1: <laughs> let's go back to my notes okay we learn what the Baywatch is Something where we're talking with Brian and he talks about like how it's the real thing and it's where real people are happy and that's where sex is, maybe he thinks. (laughs) But then there's also something I had a major problem with this whole movie the music. And normally, like, I don't notice like non diegetic music that much. Like, the score was really like pumping these sappy feelings into these scenes and just confused the hell out of me.
0: That's why I was like, are they trying to make it like, he likes sex
1: too? And it's like, yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. It's like, oh no. Yeah. He's actually, God, can you believe we've lived through an era where they didn't think that that people with disabilities have sex? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Justine, did
0: you know that people in wheelchairs have sex?
1: What? How did they do that? Aren't they part robots? Justine, did you know paraplegics like to have sex? I can't. I need to see a movie about this.
0: <laughs> my God in heaven.
1: Oh, my stars. <laughs> yes, people with mental disabilities, people with physical disabilities are mostly, yes, yeah, still
0: sexually active if they want to be. Oh, my God, I have to tell Sam his parents had sex. <laughs> Do you think he knows? <laughs> oh shit!
1: I can't. Okay, no, seriously, let's. I can't. Let's skip, 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 skip. Ricky threatens to rip the eyeballs out of some kid, um, <laughs> which I liked.
0: I liked Brian's dancing to staring at the the over like overly large boobed portrait because. I don't know. I thought I thought it was funny. I also thought it was funny that they thought that no one would recognize him if they just put a ski cap on him and a leather oh jacket. God,
1: what <laughs> idiot. See, there's a part. Okay, this is where I'm going to say it. I think this movie, like, I don't think I could watch Fifty Shades again, but I feel like I could put this movie on at a party where everybody's drunk and having a good time and just, like, laugh at it. Like you can laugh at this movie because it's so ridiculous.
0: I couldn't laugh at it though. Like I, I did not find any of this
1: funny. I mean like yes. But I'm not like laughing at like the but, offensive parts but of it. Drunk me would like
0: yeah. write a better movie and then like rant about it like crazy like I did after Grease too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's okay, let's talk about the scene where Beneflet gets learned about what toxic masculinity is.
0: Mm. This was a nice scene. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the, I don't know. I, It was just like JLo lo being like, but like you're sad, right? <laughs> and then yeah. Ben Affleck was like, no, I'm not sad. Why would I be sad? Being sad is a stupid emotion. Like, why would I be sad?
1: Yeah, but she actually like brings up she's like, Well, boys are taught to like take all their emotions and put it into fighting and like being angry instead of like feeling them. She's like, So when they grow up and then they have a rough day at work, what do they do when they go home? They beat their wives, you know, and yell at their kids. <laughs> because
0: that's how they express their feelings. Yeah.
1: Because they don't express themselves in a healthy manner. The bad thing about this movie was that there was that and then she would be like because look at the way you look at your nails. You're expressing femininity here. Like, she kept on doing that. Of Like, the way you stand like this, the way you do like that, you know, like...
0: Yeah, she was defining him and putting him in a box. We don't need to do that. We don't need to define people. They are just people. They do things. Yeah. They, I mean, maybe because he was raised by a single mother, that's all he saw, a way to look at your nails. Like, it has nothing to do with... Because looking at your nails is kind of a learned behavior. It is not an innate behavior you see your parents doing it so therefore you do it in a way that your parents did it it's the same thing with like driving and with like walking and talking and how we talk our accents this is like the only scene where i was like oh look j-lo she learned something from eastern culture and all of those asian books that she keeps reading and bringing up about because like yin and yang she's definitely like oh we all have little bits of a femininity Within us, we also have bits of masculinity within our femininity. That's what I thought she was going for with that scene. But then, like, all this stuff later on was just weird.
1: She's very much always, like, kind of preaching this Taoism, the the Mm -hmm. living with harmony sort of thing, which is, you know, good, fine. But then, like, yeah, was using it against him in lots of cases. It was almost like, like
0: to say that she was better than him.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. Like I feel like I can't even like unpack it. You know? Well,
0: again, it feels like just a baseline backstory for her. It's it. It wasn't explored enough.
1: Okay, so we meet Lainey Kazan for like a hot minute for no reason. A hot thong minute. A hot thong minute, Lainey Kazan. <laughs> like,
0: like good for her. Good for
1: mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And then she has like this moment with J Lo. Once j like, I'm gay, and Jesus Lainey's like, oh, yeah, because men are terrible at sex, right? And then and J-Lo's like, yes. <laughs> and Ben Affleck is confused. He's confused, like, what happened, Mom? Mom, what are you saying? <laughs> One thing about this scene is that Lainey Kazan asks Ricky she's she asked ricky like you've been with men before right and she's like yeah and they just don't do it for you right and she's like yeah so then larry gets fixated on the idea that ricky has been with men before and he's doing the stupid thing of the well you just haven't been with the right man you didn't know how to
0: what does he say like they didn't know uh, how to please her or something like yeah that.
1: but he said like he wasn't like bringing the pearls when he was Digging for oysters. Yeah,
0: so weird.
1: (laughs) Throw up in my mouth a little. (laughs) We have this conversation where he talks about how good he is at giving oral pleasure to women. And this is where we get the lesbians are always looking for a dick because all vibrators are shaped like dicks. Which is not true. (laughs) No. So then... At this time during this conversation, j doing her like suggestive yoga poses, legs spreading right to camera, thanks. <laughs> she is having another monologue. She's like, the, the dick looks like a sea slug. It looks like a giant toe and no one wants to kiss a sea slug. What do people want to naturally kiss? A mouth, some lips, some lips around a delicious mouth. <laughs> And what? Is the twin body part for a mouth? Yes. A wonderful pussy. Number's <laughs> like I am scared. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: are you going to eat him with your pussy? Please stop. Ooh,
1: teeth, that's a good movie.
0: <laughs> Isn't that it's oh yeah. Oh <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this puts like again like Oh, God, I'm inferior, insecure. And he was like, or- he's already such an insecure guy. And she just comes in being like, nobody wants your dick. <laughs> You're gross.
0: <laughs> well, apparently she likes to drive all of her lovers to suicide. Oh, my f-
1: fucking no trigger warning on that one. I know, right? <laughs> Jesus. Wait a minute. Not there yet, but very, very close to being there. Because um, Lewis calls and says, hey, you guys... You're, you're fuck up. You got to send Brian's thumb in the mail. Bye. It's, it's not working. <laughs> yeah.
0: They think he just escaped or something like that. I don't know. Because obviously. But why not they just check, like, with their random security guard that they should have because it's a care home and their sign-in records because obviously Dumbfuck signed his real name to get Brian out.
1: Uh, we learn at this point that Larry has no friends. Aww. <laughs> and Jaylo's like, uh, why do I feel like that doesn't surprise me at all? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this other woman shows up who is Ricky's ex, and she goes into the kitchen. She's having a fight with Ricky, being like, "We're not over, we're not over." Fucking slits her wrist, and I, yeah, I, oh, uh, bleh. that's why. I, that's why I was like, no trigger warning. Fucking, it. She just goes. She at just it.
0: did it. I mean, she did it the wrong way. If you're wanting to die,
1: but. Yeah, fuck. This was fucked up. (laughs) How many times in my notes do I have this was fucked up? This was fucked up. This was all fucked up. Do not watch this movie (laughs) Hi. We should count all the times we say
0: fuck in this movie or this podcast and see if we're on uh, (gasps) par with the movie.
1: (laughs) 142 times. Yeah. Should I put a little ding every time we say no? (laughs) If it were a video podcast, yes. Yeah. So, okay, they're at the hospital now, which leads us to their next plot point of Ricky comes up to Larry and she's just like, hey, you know how I'm all like chill and nonviolent and a pacifist, even though I'm a gangster. Let's not cut his thumb off. And Larry's like, are you playing me right now? Because you're here to make sure that I get the job done. You're telling me not to do the job. What is this? Feelings. (laughs)
0: Also, we never, like, she just hugs her uh, ex-girlfriend and just leaves her at the hospital after she's yeah. tried to commit suicide.
1: You can't, bye.
0: I'm going to send you
1: upstairs now.
0: <laughs> and then this is when Brian calls his ejaculation uh, a penis sneeze and then says, God
1: bless you, to his penis a bunch of times. Oh, I can't. <laughs> uh, Yes, thank you. I didn't write that one down. Um, (laughs) Ricky doesn't want to be a thug anymore. Nobody wants to be a thug anymore. They've been in it for like two days and they're like, nah, I'm out. So they sneak into the morgue by a little like distraction comedy sitcom comedy. (laughs) And Larry has to cut the thumb off of this dead guy using a plastic Plastic knife. butter knife.
0: (laughs) Which that's not even possible.
1: No. And all the while... Brian is singing, I like big butts. (laughs) It's a zany comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And then they ship the thumb. (laughs) Because they're
0: not going to check the fingerprints at all to find out because they didn't write anything or send a letter or anything.
1: Spoiler (laughs) alert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You are Al Pacino. (laughs) I'm just like, you know. I watch a lot of murder mystery movies and shows and things, and y'all are dumb. There are, like, Mm. much better ways to get away with these things. Mm -hmm. Like, at least, like, burn the fingerprint off. The thumb's not attached
1: to anybody anymore, and it's dead. Anyway. Okay, so this is when Larry has his, like, speech his ramble about why he's so sad, and it's because he likes this girl a lot. But he can't touch her because she's a D-word. I don't know. There was a lot of offensive material in this movie.
0: Yeah. I feel like some of it was offensive for the time period mm. as well.
1: well. I think this movie didn't do well. Didn't do well this movie, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> ah. ah. Okay, Ricky and Larry are in his bedroom. And then he she is like picking at him more the, the like his masculinity, are you gay sort of thing. And then she kisses him. And I wrote down this makes no sense. And then even his character says, this is fucked up. And I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand e- any of this.
1: And then this is where it's the it's turkey time. Gobble gobble as she's like opening her legs up
0: you know it would have made more sense if Ricky's character was a guy
1: I agree with that I was thinking that and I feel like that's kind of like how like a more modern day interpretation would go yeah I feel like there's something in this scene where I'm like is she just like really horny I mean I know she just watched her ex-girlfriend slit her wrists and then mailed a thumb as long as maybe that seemed- turned her on <laughs> Cause it seems like she's just like, well, I'm here. Might as well get laid. Well, can't. I've got no privacy. I can't masturbate anywhere. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've got some time. There's there's no books.
1: There's really no television. Yeah. There's no internet. Nothing to do. Let's just fucking do it. Cause so so she's like, hey, get 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 busy. And he's just like, huh huh. And she's like, well. You talked about how good you were, you know. Let's prove your point. And at first, he's like, ah, god, because again, he's being like the oh god, she knows, she knows I'm awful, like sort of vibe. <laughs> but then she demands it, and then then they have sex, and then what the fuck is this music? And <laughs> and
0: then magic penis.
1: Yeah, but she is upfront with him, and that she'll be leaving when the job's done.
0: Just what? It sounds like I'm crying, but really, I'm just, like, aghast for words.
1: <sighs> so, okay, here we go. We're going to forward some plots some more. The next morning, Lewis calls up and says, Hey, you got to meet me because we got to go do a thing. So
0: and then, discreet.
1: Before this happens, Larry's like, Ricky, I have this dream. This reminded me of, like, um Christian Bale in Newsies, where he's just like, I just want to get out and go to Santa Fe. And, you know, like... Be a cowboy. It's exactly that. Where Larry's like, Ricky, I just want to escape someplace clean. Ooh, Christian
0: Bale in the Beneflict role. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Gosling as Ricky.
1: <gasps> Shut up. I'm already paying to watch it. Yes. <laughs> a better version of Geely. How oh, could you imagine? I am now. <laughs> I will later. <laughs> oh, Christian Bale. Oh, and like... Oh this episode of our gay porn,
0: it wouldn't even be gay porn. It would just be like a rom com for for gays, like you do. Which is my gay porn. Oh, they're witches now.
1: Okay, what <laughs> witches? <laughs> witches <just> got better. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> As someone who regularly just reads like werewolf erotica, I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> And there's masks. Ooh. There's like a ball. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) It's the gangster ball. And of course, there's none of the offensive shit in it at all. (laughs) No, no,
0: no. They have to steal a dog. Like, that's what
1: they're stealing. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my God. Now it's definitely a (laughs) rom-com.
0: Yes, because it's also set in L.A., so you know how attached people in L.A. are to their dogs. Like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever, you stole my brother? Like, fuck you, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You steal my dog, I will murder you, motherfucker.
1: That's L.A., that's L.A. in yeah. a nutshell.
0: <laughs> yes, mm. I love you that much, Xander.
1: <laughs> okay, so after this... Whew, I'm still living in that world. Okay, um, after this... <laughs> Uh, they go and see Al Pacino. We've already talked about what happens. Al Pacino shoots Lewis in the hedge, calls everybody idiots, be like, the fingerprint was wrong. You guys are idiots. Why did you even do this job? It's like they were told to. Come on. <laughs> Ricky speaks up and was just like, yeah, it was dumb. So let's just fix it, okay?
0: Why? Okay. <laughs> why did they let them live? Was Ricky Al Pacino's daughter?
1: Is that why she got to live?
0: I don't, I don't know why they all did, all three just didn't die like in the movie ended right there.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I don't know why he
0: lets them go. Because also she her like defense is, well, we're the only two people who know where Brian is and it's like he's at his apartment, you dumb fuck. Like it's not that hard <laughs> to find. <laughs> You're in the phone book. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> so, I don't understand why they got to live. Oh wait, wow. didn't they change the ending of the movie? I don't know. I remember reading on Wikipedia that they had to change the ending of the movie because it didn't test well. And
1: I'm like, what was it before? Oh my god. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing tested well.
0: Like it wasn't just the ending.
1: They're like, nothing tested, but we can only afford to reshoot the ending. (laughs) (laughs) Dear good. Oh my goodness. Okay. So after this, after letting them go... They, you know, they're going to go and bring him back. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to put the puppy back where we found him. But first, Larry gives Brian some love advice. And that advice is you have to stop being afraid. And when you step up, good things will happen to you. So step up, see someone you like, say, hi, how are you? How's the weather? Because we're in L.A. That's how we do L.A. small talk. I like to do L.A. small talk of the weather and also, like, where do you live? Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Also, like, oh, cool. Do you work in the film industry? How is that? Mm -hmm. Work on anything cool? See any good celebrities lately?
1: How is traffic on the 405 today? (laughs) How's your dog?
0: Oh, he's good. Is he Mm -hmm. cute? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Are you going to go hike up Runyon later? (laughs) No,
0: I'm not. Did you drive up to Malibu lately? Did you see, did you see all the
1: the the, the ocean, the waves, the did waves? you see Those waves. <laughs> it's wet out there.
0: There. What about now, Big anybody Bear?
1: listening? Oh my god! What about Big Bar?
0: <laughs> there you go. That's all the topics that
1: you need to come in LA. Five easy installments of 1995, and we will teach you how to speak LA. Oh,
0: did you he, did you hear LeBron is here and he's hurt? Like that
1: bastard. (laughs) So (laughs) Larry gives all of this advice (laughs) to Brian. (laughs) All of this. How to start a conversation. And they're driving, they're driving um, in Malibu.
0: (laughs) Because she just wants to be dropped off on the PCH. How?
1: Where? What the (laughs) fuck? There's nothing out there. Ricky. What are you gonna do?
0: <laughs> are you gonna steal a car? Because going like you just need to be dropped off like way further away from the PCH if you want a car.
1: <laughs> questionable, Ricky. Questionable. They I just mean,
0: they just needed a reason to go up to Malibu. That's all. Yeah.
1: So they're driving by the beach, and then there's a film set. It looks like Baywatch. So Brian is like, "Oh my God, it's the Baywatch." The Baywatch. The is Baywatch. Open. The Baywatch is open. The Baywatch is open. Let's go. Let's go to the Baywatch. The Baywatch is open.
0: Larry, 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 let's go. Larry.
1: Larry's like, no, we don't have time. And even Ricky's like, let's go to the Baywatch.
0: <laughs> she wants to Would see you? all the bikinis. Let's go. Let's live our dreams. <laughs> Run on the beach. How they got so close to the set
1: is beyond me. <laughs> I have that in those. So I'm like, how the fuck are they walking on this set? How? 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 <laughs> Not just one person got fired, all of the people got fired. (laughs) They go on the Baywatch, they go walk on set, Larry apologizes to Brian, Larry has a tearful goodbye to Ricky. Basically he says, if you ever decide to be straight, give me a call. He says it in a different way, but A more offensive way. And just, he's like, here's my car, you can have it. But I kept thinking, I'm like, but isn't, like, those mob guys going to be looking for him? Or even, no, worse, the prosecutor guys going to be looking for him and looking for his car, and whoever has his car is going to get murdered.
0: Well, also, he makes, like, a random, like, phone call to the prosecutor and is like, yeah, his brother, he's at the beach. Like, didn't give him any idea of which beach it is. Because it's L.A. We have a lot of beaches. Yeah. Okay? No one changed. Nothing happened. That's when I fell asleep.
1: Nothing happened. No, seriously, nothing happens from now on. You were right to fall asleep. They call the dancers to get into first position, and Brian joins them. They said, "Okay, now pair up." And he like looks over, and of course, there's this hot blonde who's not paired up yet, and she's just like shyly looking at him. But then he steps up and goes over to her and says, "Hi, how are you? How's the weather today? Or the weather's nice today." And then when she talks, she's got an Australian accent because Brian is obsessed with the the phone weather person with the In Australia. Yeah. He likes her voice. So he has been gifted a woman. I guess. So then he dances with the girls. Dancing, 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 dancing on set. And then Ricky comes back with the car and says, my name is Rochelle. Can I give you a ride out of town? It's at least I owe you a ride. Then he's like, "Does this mean you're, does this mean you're hopping the fence?" She's like, "Nah, but you know, you'd look good in some mascara." <laughs> and then, and this is kind of like a true point. She's like, "Like your mom said, life isn't always in black and white." But she was referring to herself of being like, "I said I was gay, but life isn't always black and white, so we'll see what happens." Ha-ha, and that's how the movie ends. I'm bye. <laughs> I feel like the movie like started out really dramatic and then it got goofier and more rom com as it went on with only the hints of like the girlfriend like slitting her wrist. That's why it was like really taken aback with that sudden shift in tone where I was just like, holy shit, it's dramatic again. You know, like, oof.
0: It just would have been
1: so much better if they would have stolen a dog. Oh god, I had a pairing of what the what the two movies that mated were to make this movie.
0: It's Can't Buy Me Love and Chasing Amy. Like if they were mm. a movie that was combined.
1: Together. Oh yeah, I think I did Chasing Amy and there's something about Mary. Yeah. Hmm, just bad. Or you just offended on all fronts. Yep, yep, all offense. Would you like to hear some trivia about this movie? Sure. This movie received such bad reviews that it was dropped by every UK cinema after only one week. Nice. And according to longtime friend Matt Damon, Ben Affleck twitches whenever this film is mentioned. (laughs) I
0: bet you Matt Damon does it all the time.
1: Only 73 US theaters were showing the film by its third weekend of release, down from 2,215 during its first weekend a drop of 97 percent it's the largest drop in ever in terms of percentage and at the time it was the largest drop in terms of numbers of theaters shed meet dave in 2008 has since surpassed it so meet dave is potentially a worse film than this
0: Mm. yeah but there's also more theaters nowadays than there were back
1: then of all the primary cast members, the only one that does not curse at all during his scenes is Christopher Walken.
0: Well, he's only in one scene.
1: The script was rewritten several times, ballooning the budget from 54 million to 75.6 million. Jesus Christ. And it only made back 7 million. Sucks to be this movie. Oh man, what a, what a roller coaster. Do you think you have a better description of the movie than IMDb does? Do you think you could write one? Hmm. Everything go- goes wrong for a man when he fucks everything up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dumbass Larry Geely <Gigli laughs> Sounds like really. <laughs> kidnaps a mentally ill br- uh, brother of a prominent prosecutor. Meets up with other hitman Ricky at his apartment. And hijinks ensue. Also stars, Christopher Walken as random man who walks through door, (laughs) and and Al Pacino who doesn't understand why he's in this movie.
1: (laughs) Al Pacino also there. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag accurate. Yay! It's like so. Do I just like show up and yell and stuff? Okay, cool.
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) It's like. It's uh, easy days work for me.
1: You pay yep. me up
0: front now. Thank y- you. Yeah, bye. Bye.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, God. Now I have to think of a rating.
0: <laughs> you want me to go first? Sure. I am rating this movie 0.5 fish tanks with no bullet hole.
1: <gasps> yes. <laughs> How did he shoot that guy in front of a fish tank and not explode? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so... Good. Oh my god. So I, I am all I agree strongly <laughs> with your rating. I am also giving it 0. 0.5 Tabasco ingredients.
0: You <laughs> just get a sprint of Tabasco so <laughs> That's what Ben Affleck calls us cum. Oh Bless you. <laughs> Oh Ugh. dear God! Uh, well, we have a review from Caitlin of her head in films. This review is entitled "A Delightful Podcast." Oh, I like being called delightful. Mm, that's one of your favorite words. I know. It's I. I like D words. I don't know if anybody's really noticed. My my favorite word out of all of the words is discombobulated. The D. The D. I, actually I, the D. D. <laughs> I like the D, both in and out of the bedroom. <laughs> What? (laughs) Saucy. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Uh, And the review goes on. It's such a comfort to listen to to Ashley.
1: (laughs) We're not drunk in this one.
0: (laughs) We're not, but maybe we should have been. It's such a comfort to listen to Ashley and Justine talk about the romantic comedies that I grew up watching. Their voices are so sweet and their banter is very smart and funny. Listening to them instantly enhances my day and brightens my mood. Aww, Aww. I'm so glad I found this podcast. Caitlin Aww. from Her Head in Films. Thank what you. What a sweetie. Aww, I think that's the first time we've ever had somebody mention our voices before, and it's always been, like, very grating, and, like, like I don't want anybody to mention my voice. Please don't mention my voice. And that was really nice. <laughs> Aww, Next time, Caitlin. We're gonna we're gonna be watching 2003's Down with Love because that's what this podcast is about. We hate love. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I don't know anything about this movie.
1: It's it's a Ewan McGregor movie. Ooh, we're we're gonna discover it together, you and I. Okay, holding hands
0: on a journey before Game of Thrones.
1: (laughs) Journey,
0: (laughs) Game of Thrones. This has been our sitcom intro. <laughs> well, if you would like to see that happen, and you like this podcast, why not become a patron on Patreon? You can support the Cutaways Podcast at Patreon dot com slash Cutaways Podcast. Boom, 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 pew pew,
1: pow pow. You know who I think we forgot to shout out, and I don't remember, and I'm too lazy to look. Oh, we're terrible people. Young Daniel? Did we ever shout out young Daniel? I feel like we did. Okay. Yeah, young Daniel. Young Daniel. Young
0: Daniel and his beard. You should just join the Patreon so that you can, like, see Dan's beard. That's what you should do. Ooh,
1: should we post a picture of Dan's beard on the Patreon? Yes. Dan also does our bonus podcast with me called What Did I Miss?, where we watch... Other movies in the rom com genre that we didn't cover on this here show. Dan is cool.
0: You can find all of this information and more at our website, thecutaways.com. It's fresh, it's beautiful, it's running, it's running smoothly. Hope you mm-hmm. like it. It's popping. Uh, it is popping, popping like popping. Poppin'. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. But on Facebook, you do have to search for the Cutaways Blanket Fort because we have
1: moved there. It's a brand new group. You can still like if you go to the page, the first thing you see is like, hey, get your butt over to the group (laughs) because the group is way better. I've been having a lot of fun in the group. Have you?
0: Yeah, I've been a little dead this week just because lots of things have been going on.
1: Yeah, anybody can pop over into the group and like drop us a note. Tell us what rom-coms you're watching. If it's a new Netflix rom-com starring Noah Centineo, let us know. Because he's in all of them
0: now. Yep. (laughs) Netflix owns his soul. Uh, You can leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. And if we're not there, please let us know. You can also find all of that information on the website. I have a little subscribe tab that has all mm-hmm. of the little places that we are at that you can find really nice and easy. So Yeah, like Spotify. I love Spotify. It makes it so much easier on the Alexa.
1: Oh, yeah, we've got merch you can get over at cutawayspodcast.threadless.com. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, do that. shirt, shirts, shirt, 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 shirts, shirts. shirts. shirts, 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 shirts. <laughs> If there's a shirt
0: that you, or, like, a quote or, like, a shirt idea that you have, email us.
1: Okay. Uh, Thanks for joining our slumber party. Yeah, that's how we end it. That's the ending. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's been so long. We've been away. Bye! Bye! Are you looking for a history
1: podcast to grab some quotes for a last-minute paper? Or maybe your presentation on Jane Eyre needs a punch-up. Then do not listen to us. Do not. Like, we're begging of you. (laughs) I'm Ashley. And I'm Kelsey. And we host Make It Modern, a podcast where we talk about history, literature, and all things made before the year 2010 in a way that would probably be frowned upon by any teacher. We basically delve into the past and stumble into the present. We discuss things like what type of rosé is appropriate for a medieval execution and how we've all been bingled one time or another. So if you love hearing about people, places, and things with so many issues, they could be a Julia Michaels song. Join us every Thursday on Spotify and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Facebook at Make It Modern and also on Twitter and Instagram at capital
0: M-I-M underscore podcast.